Good evening, friends. I know, I don't normally start it like this, but today I wanted to, to talk a little bit about fitness. As you know, in almost every episode, every podcast that I've done for the last several months, I end up bringing up the fact that my wife and I have lost 35 plus pounds by going off of sugar and flour. So today I am talking with Nate Palmer, a fat loss expert for entrepreneurs and business leaders. He is the number one best-selling author of the Million Dollar Body Method and Passport Fitness. And we're going to go into his story. We're going to go into my story. We're going to talk about and give you some actionable steps that you can do to jumpstart your fitness and your weight loss. Because as we know, so many people are overweight and obese in the United States right now and worldwide that that we need to do something. Something needs to change. This is Todd Talks, where I help you design your best life, not the life I designed for you, but the life that you desire. So Nate, jumping right in, can you tell a little bit about yourself, how you came to be where you're at? Yeah, thanks so much for having me on the show. I'm super excited. Uh, I love talking about fitness, especially as it relates to like, how do you, how do you use this as a vehicle to design your best life? Because I think like, I love to nerd out on fitness and talk about like the hip angles of a Bulgarian split squad and how do you activate the multifidus? But most people are not passionate about that. What they are passionate about is having a great time with their family and, you know, making more money or, you know, creating experiences for their loved ones that they really relish and have like those great memories. And I think we can use nutrition and fitness as, as a vehicle and as a way of, like as a force multiplier for accelerating those other experiences that we are actually are passionate about. But I think it just takes that kind of that connection of like, if this, then that, rather than being like, well, let me finish this kale salad real quick and suffer. Um, well, then I, then I can go have the, do the fun thing afterwards. If we can kind of link those things and, and understand that they are intrinsically going to be like inseparable, then we're way ahead of the game anyways. So I'm really excited to be here. That's awesome. And I wanted to throw out, if you're watching the, the YouTube version, the video version of this, you may notice that my face is all splotchy and everything. I just had a um, photodynamic treatment done you know, into health, into fitness, into getting my body healthy. I've had numerous bouts of, of basal cell cancer. And so this is a, I did a pre-treatment to heal all the damaged skin from years of abuse and sunburn and, and ultraviolet radiation from my time flying. Take care of your body. This episode, we're talking about helping you take care of your body so that you don't get on YouTube with a face that looks like you got uh, jacked up and mauled in a, a meat grinder. So I think I'm not Nate, too far away from that. Like I just got, I got like real sensitive skin, took a lot of big sunburns growing up. So I think that's on the agenda for me in the next couple of years. Hey, it, it happens. I'm 40, I'll be 48 this year and it just, your, your body the cool thing about this treatment, though, is that supposedly it, it kills off the bad cells and only leaves the, the healthy ones. I should have nice, smooth skin afterwards. So great. It's awesome. I've had forehead wrinkles no. since I was like 13. So maybe that'll help me out. Maybe. De repente, <laughs> quizás a lo mejor vamos a ver. Spanish has a lot of unique ways to say maybe. We'll see but, you the next um, day. 
Okay. So I wanted to I wanted to get into one, one of the things you said. So many of us focus on the if this, then that. I won't, I'll be happy after I do this. I'll be happy after I do this. If I do this, then I'll be happy. And it doesn't work that way. There's a quote I really like that says, wherever you go, there you are. And at first when I heard that, I was like, that's stupid. Like that sounds like some Yoda type of like, you know, I like what, like, what does that even mean? Right. First to go up, you must first go down. You're like, get out of here with that. But I really, I really, the more I think about it, the more I resonate that like, no matter what you do or where you go or the tattoos you get or the body you have, you're still there. Like you, who you are, you can never escape that. Even if you're putting band-aids on it with, you know, drinking and turning to food for different, like, like for comfort, no matter what your vice is, you eventually have to look yourself in the mirror and realize like, this is who you are. And you are the result of not just of like your clothes and your fashion, and your finances, but of the decisions that you make on a regular basis and the choices that you, that you choose to pursue and the commitments that you make and either follow through on or don't follow through on. So like it, your happiness is not a reflection of your relationship with the gravitational pull of the earth, the number we see on the scale, right? Your <laughs> happiness is based off of feeling like you are the person that you want to be, right? It's kind of like that based on that, that gap between who you know you could be and who you are right now. And how big is that gap? If it's huge, then you just can't be happy. You're just not going to be satisfied. And the Absolutely. smaller you can make that, the better. And, and that's the whole reason behind the design your best life motto that this taught this podcast is all about is because there is that gap and I want to help people to bridge that gap and give them tools and, and things that they can use to bridge the gap and become the person that they want to become and not just look in the mirror and be depressed because they're sad, overweight, unhappy with their life, unhappy with the decisions they've made. So teach them how to accept who they were know who they are so they can become the person they want to be. And how did you get into the fitness realm? Um, so for my story, it didn't start necessarily like a typical, like I was a quarterback in high school, played a lot of sports, was extremely handsome. Uh, that was not my experience. I got into fitness because when I was 13, 12 or 13, my mom had left for the day to take my two sisters to school and I was waiting for the bus at home. Someone knocked on my door. I didn't recognize the person. So I didn't answer it. He came around the back door, broke a window and came in th through the, like the, through, through a window. So I'm 12 years old. I grab a steak knife out of the kitchen and I go hide under my bed and lock my door. And I hear this guy come down the hallway and just like his boots on the wooden floors, just like still, I can still hear that noise. And then wow. he pounds on my bedroom door. And I'm like, you know what? I guess I'm going to die right now. Like I did. I didn't die. Still, still here. Still living. Spoiler, spoiler alert. Got it. But um, at that moment, I don't think I could necessarily, I wouldn't have been able to tell you this at 12, but like upon reflection, um, like later in life, I was like, that's the time when I was like, I don't ever want anyone to be able to take my freedom, my autonomy, like my sense of control away. Like my parents were already like, they'd just gone through this real messy divorce. This guy breaks into my house. And I was like, enough. Like I'm in charge now. I don't like, I need to be strong enough that no one can take that from me anymore. And so in my mind, you know, my 12 year old brain, my hormone addled brain, I'm thinking I need a beard. 
I need neck tattoos and I need to be look like like Arnold Schwarzenegger in the Terminator to be to be fully autonomous, to have no one be able to ever hurt me again. And so that's where it started. Like I'll be in my room. I'd be like picking up like my toy chest. I'd be like doing pushups on the ground, just like, you know, like the worst things of all time. So that's where like, that's kind of where I went. I was like, this is my, this is my armor that I'm going to put on against the people that want to hurt me. Oh, when we have traumatic experiences in life, we either put on armor or we dig a hole. And so many actually, and, and so many people don't deal with that trauma. They just eat or they, they find a vice, something that will, that they can do to make themselves feel better because they still have that trauma inside. And sounds like you picked up fitness in response to trauma and yeah, a pretty decent it, addiction if I was going to pick one, but still. it is because, because fitness actually helps provide some of those endorphins to help you mentally. But, but at the same time, you still have to deal with the trauma of the past. Yeah. And I mean, that's still like, that's still a work in progress, right? I feel like, uh, you know, I've been married now for almost 12 years. It'll be 12 years in two weeks, 11 days from today. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Um, and like, just like having to like talk through some of these stuff with my wife and about this, like occasionally, like I'm just trying to be better about actually saying the things that are on my mind rather than being like, stuff that down, deal with it with some pushups later, do bench press, don't have emotion, don't feel. Um, but like having those things and looking back and being like, whoa, like, like I'm feeling a certain kind of way right now, having this discussion and like being open to that, like that's, that's still a challenge for me, but I really feel like the, the fitness side of things has been instrumental in that because at first, I think a lot of us resonate with this is like, whether you're running away from powerlessness because you feel you're overweight and you feel fat and you feel like you feel bad about yourself or you're weak and you feel bad about yourself. Like you're there's something that you're running away from. And I think we all start our journeys in that vein for most, maybe 90% of us. But can you take that, that fear-based running away, like fitness, that fitness ideology and addiction, and can you transfer that into something positive? Can you now start being like, wow, I saw where I was, but now look at where I've come. Look at this distance I've traveled. Look how like kind of what you're talking about, Todd, with your, with uh, like losing 35 pounds, like looking back on that being like, I am so proud of who I am and who I've become throughout that journey. Look at what I can do next. Watch me do like, watch me take that next step. So being able to look like, look back and be like, I see where I was coming from. I see that fear response. Can I turn that into something positive? And now be like, cause I think that going back to like the gap between who you could be and who you are, a lot of that comes from self-confidence. And I think self-confidence comes from saying you're going to do something and then executing on it, doing that thing. So oh, whether yeah. you're like, I want to build muscle or I want to drop fat. I want to run a 5k. I want to do a triathlon. And then you put in the work every day. You do the thing, you make your meals, you, cr- you prep, you eat healthy, you go to the gym, you go run, whatever it is, you look back and you go, I'm the type of person that does what they say they're going to do what's next for me? What, like, what can anyone put in my way that I'm not going to accomplish? I am inevitable. I am, I am, if I say it's going to happen, it's done, you know, and that mentality that just brings that gap down so much of between who you could be and who you are. And I think that's so much more powerful than being able to like barbell curl a lot of weight. Oh, absolutely. Because 
you know, I've done a bunch of talks on self-confidence, how to build self-confidence, and you're hitting the nail on the head about one of the best ways to do it is the small wins. Doing what you say, accomplishing it, setting a new goal, doing what you say, doing it. And the more times that you do that, that you do what you say and say what you do, you your brain recognizes that and says, oh, I'm a completer. I'm somebody that finishes what they start. I'm somebody that does that what they say. I'm somebody that has value. I'm somebody that my word is my bond. I'm somebody that can be counted on. I'm somebody that will stand up for what's right because you build yourself up to that with all the little wins. And fitness is so good for that because it's a structured program that you can see the wins. Yeah. I love what you're saying. Like all those little things, I think of them as esteemable actions. You don't have self-esteem because you haven't done anything esteemable. Right. And it's not about what I think. It's not about what you think. It's about what we think of ourselves. Right. Right. And if we constantly are saying, Hey, diet starts Monday. Hey, this is the year of my new resolutions to get in shape. And we stop doing it. We don't do those things. We don't follow through. Then our brain's just like, guess we're a liar. Guess nothing we say has any value. And how can you feel good about yourself? How can you have any self-confidence if you don't believe you're going to do the things you say you're going to do. So I love, I, I love all of that. And I think that fitness to me is kind of the epitome of that because it's not, you don't eat one salad and have a six pack. You don't go to the gym one time and have, and have like, you know, big shoulders. Like it's the sum of these repeated actions done over the time. And I think that one of the biggest hindrances to people getting great results is the lie we've been fed by mainstream media for supplement companies from these transformation experts who are like, oh yeah, 30 days to, to rock solid abs, drop 20 pounds in 10 days, detox tea, lose your belly in a week, you know? And like, we start thinking like, it should be easy. It should be, it should be very like inexpensive. When in reality, getting in the best shape of your life is expensive. It's costly. Maybe that's financially, Maybe that's in terms of your time. Maybe that's in terms of your energy, but it's going to cost you something. And I think that if we have that expectation going into it, that, hey, this is going to take me longer than I think, and it's going to be harder than I think, and we go, and I still want to do it, it's still worth it. One of my favorite questions to ask people, Todd, is like, hey, if this is going to take five times as long as you think and be five times as hard, is it still worth it to you? Uh, Whether yeah. that's your business or a relationship or fitness, like I think that question is a good one to ask because most often we're not getting Amazon or Prime results. We're not no, getting that. because mo- most of the time what happens is we're watching those infomercials. We're watching, we're getting, seeing the advertisements and we think that's real life. Mm-hmm. We don't always read the fine print that says results, not typical. Yeah. Yeah. This guy actually worked out for 47 years, not doing this machine and then did this infomercial to look like this. But yeah, you can have those results in 30 days. Or the guys that, that lose 20 pounds in, in 30 days or 20 pounds in a week. What they don't tell you is the studies that they did for the guys to do that. Yeah. They weighed 400 pounds and they put them on a crash diet and they lost 20 pounds. I like um, one, one of my clients, I was working as a personal trainer and I would tell this story because he lost 47 pounds in a month. And a lot of people hear that number and they go, oh my gosh, what was he doing? What did you have him on? Like, what's the secret? I was like, the secret is he was 550 pounds and we cut out pizza, you know? <laughs> so like, that's not a, that's not a result that people are going to get, but it looks amazing on paper, right? If we talk about that, people are like mind blown. 
but really it was like, you know, he probably lost 20 pounds of fat and then 25 pounds of, of water weight, you know, so the sodium retention just dropped off. So it's not like that's, that's and results are not typical. And if we're comparing ourselves, like, you know, we've been, we've been at this for a long time, Todd, you've lost 35 pounds. And now you're probably, if you're losing weight, you're losing a lot those small quarter pound, half pound a week. And like, if you look back to someone else who's in their first phase, they're just getting into it. And they just got a seven pound drop in a week. And you compare yourself, you're going to be like, oh, I suck, but that's not your journey. It's different. Right. Yeah. So understanding where you're at kind of in like a transformation timeline, which is something I think about a lot, as well as uh, not necessarily comparing yourself to someone else who's got different goals, different body type, different, different like demands on their time very helpful in having that long-term expectation about how do you get, how do you get results without getting bummed out, feeling like a plateau is the end of the world. That's that sort of thing. Well, comparison is the thief of joy always. Anytime you start comparing yourself or your journey to somebody else in their journey, that's when you start getting depressed, upset, low self-esteem, blah, 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 because you're comparing yourself to somebody that's in a completely different place than you. They're different physiology, different um, mental capacity, different mindset, different work ethic, different situation in life, different foods that they're eating. You can't compare yourself. That's one of the, the key things. And so as you're, you're going into this, you had your, you know, your trauma that got you into exercise, got you into helping people. Now, you've written two books, The Million Dollar um, Body Million method. Dollar Body Method and Passport Fitness. What was the impetus and the idea behind writing those books? Um, Passport Fitness was a really fun book to write. It was my first one I wrote. I always I always thought I'd be an author. I like reading, I like writing. I've been, I've been. I've had a blog since I was in like sixth grade, by the way, I looked it up on like the way back machine on the internet and it is the most embarrassing shit I've ever seen. And I, <laughs> I would never be president Todd. It's, it's just disgusting. Anyways, it's all on the internet, you know? So, so that's so okay. I'm, I've written, I'm out for public blog I've, I've written a blog off and on, um, blog email. I didn't really post it as a blog, but, uh, for the last 15 years or so. And, yeah, same thing. I look back at old ones like, yeah, I told a good story, but man, my writing's gotten better since then. Yeah. I look back and I was like, wow, I was such a self-aggrandizing piece of shit. <laughs> so hard to read. <laughs> but if you're not looking back and like looking back on like old programs you used to write or old emails and stuff like that and, and being like, then you haven't really grown that much, I guess, anyway. So that's probably a good thing. Anyways, yeah. Uh, Passport Fitness, my wife and I traveled through South America for about 13 months. And I, like I used to, I worked out pretty much every single day, stayed in, stayed in pretty good shape. I had a couple strategies that I used. So I just wrote a book with a bunch of tips about how do you stay in shape with a really busy travel schedule. So I had a lot of clients at the time who were, you know, pharmaceutical reps or like, tra- you know, like they would travel, they had like big territories, they'd be all over the place in hotels all the time. So I wrote a book about like travel tips. Like, how do you, like, how do you eat on an airplane? What should you be drinking? How do you set up yourself for success on a day full of meetings? How do you train when you're, when your blow back is sore from traveling? Like all those little things. So it was a bunch of, it was like a compilation of tips and then funny stories about almost getting stabbed or catching a crocodile or, you know, people being like, what is wrong with you when you're, when I'm like working out in a public square in Chile? (laughs) My daughter is actually in Chile right now, which is a funny story, but she's a, she's a missionary down there. What part? Uh, she's in Concepcion. Okay. 
I was only, we were in uh, Santiago and then uh, we were, we were in the, the desert Atacama. Okay. San Pedro de Atacama. And then the, I forget what the name of the city is, but it reminds me of like San Francisco. Did you ever make it to Guatemala? Uh, not on this trip, but I have been there. I was there when I was 14. Okay. Yeah. I served a church mission in Guatemala. I lived there for two years. Absolutely loved it. Still wow. love it, even though it's one of the most dangerous countries in Central America, but uh, great people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Guatemalan people. And I thought Colombian people were just like, just lovely, just so oh, kind yeah. and welcoming and inviting. So, so one of the things I love that you're ta- you're preaching my language because I'm a pilot. So I've traveled most of my life a ton every year. And so especially the last eight months since COVID opened back up, I've been traveling once or twice a month since August. And, and what I've done is exactly what you were just teaching in Passport Fitness is I've had to figure out on my own, wish I would have had the book, um, how to set a schedule to maintain my, my workouts and my eating while traveling. And, you know, it's pretty cool to say that over the last several trips, since I've done my weight loss, I've been able to eat out two to three meals a day and not gain any weight on the trip. That's impressive. Yeah. That's, that's hard to do, but I think once you get, once you like, you figure out kind of like how do you structure the breakfasts and lunches? How do you make sure that if you're going to have a bigger dinner, you, you change these other things? How do you get the movement in? Like once you get that dialed in, like you kind of, you can be kind of an unstoppable force. So that's yeah. cool though. So that's passport fitness. How about million dollar uh, body method? So passport fitness is great. I had a lot of fun writing it, but what I didn't get anything out of what I did not get out of it was any transformation. Um, it was like tips and funny stories. And like, you could probably read it while you're on the toilet and be like, Oh, that's nice. But Million Dollar Body Method was was written as a 28 day program that you could init, like put right into your life. So every chapter I have like, here's what I know. Here's the st- like the the steps. Here's the takeaways. Here's how to implement this like on a daily schedule. So the schedule kind of grows as as the chapters go on. So basically, I sum everything up into like what I call seven daily investments. What do you need to be doing on a regular basis to invest in your health and your fitness um, from a like, and three of those are breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So it's not really that like that crazy. Um, but how, like, what are you doing on a regular basis to, to think of your health and your fitness and those activities that go into those as investments for your life rather than like punishment for eating a blueberry muffin? How do you make sure that your Every single day, the activities that you do are creating the life that you want to live and using fitness as a vehicle to get there. Awesome. I like that. The uh, What do you do on a regular basis to think, to think of as investments for your life? So many times I think we just go through the motions. In fact, that's what... M- I think I've re- I remember reading a study that showed that the majority of our fat gain, aside from being aside from being a sedentary lifestyle, is that when we are living a sedentary lifestyle, we're just munching, mindless munching, just hundreds and thousands of calories a day, just mindless munching. I got, I got little kids now at home, so 
And I just finished a 30 day, a 30 day challenge to myself where I challenged myself to go, go completely keto for 30 days. I'm not a big fan of keto, but <laughs> someone called me out on it. I run a podcast called the low carb hustle. So, um, they were like, you can't do a low carb podcast and not, and hate keto. And I was like, but I don't think it's super sustainable, but I'll try it. So 30 days I, I did, I had less than 30 grams of carbs every single day. And it really made me realize how often I'm grabbing a chip here or eating a, like a peanut butter crust there or having some apple slices there. And just like you said, mindlessly throughout the day, just getting, getting calories. So, which is why one of my big things is people are like, what should I have for snacks? I'm like, don't snack. That's not like, you don't need to snack. Snacking is, is a child's behavior. And if you need to snack, what's happening is you're probably not eating a big enough meal. If you're eating these little, like, like two pieces of carrots and then one slice of turkey. And then I'm gonna have another snack in two hours to stoke my metabolic furnace. You're missing it. You're missing the point. We need to eat bigger meals that are satiating because the often more often when you're just digesting food all the time, you're pulling blood from your brain and from your appendages into your gut for digestion. So you're slowing yourself down. You're not being as efficient as you, as you want to be. That's why a lot of us take four hours to do two hours worth of work in the afternoon, because we're just run down from lunchtime, post-lunch snack, post-lunch, <laughs> post-lunch snack, coffee, you know, whatever that looks like. And we just don't do our best work because we're sluggish. So getting out of the snacking thing, by the way, you heard that six meals per day, Stokes metabolic furnace. You heard that? I've heard it, uh, tried it. Don't like it. Um, I actually do more of a eat two meals a day. I love that. And, uh, so my first meal of the day is normally at noon. Cool. So you're, then, you're like if intermittent fasting, you're doing the 16 and eight. And then, uh, then my second meal is between 6 PM and 8 PM. Usually. Do you know where and the six then, meals per day comes from? You know where that, like, why are that like piece of like conventional wisdom has evolved from? No. Uh, you know about like the, like how much you're supposed to spend on a diamond ring, right? For a like lot. an engagement ring. <laughs> you know, what the, you know, what the rule is the rule. No, I, I, these are things that I don't know. So. Um, you're supposed to spend three months salary. Men should spend three months salary on an engagement ring, right? That's the rule. But a lot of people don't know that rule was invented by the De Beers diamond company as a way to sell more diamonds, right? Like, so they came up with this it's similar fashion metrics and met RX is like the, the supplement company came up with this six meals per day in 1994. They came up with the first protein powder and they were like, how do we sell more protein powder? They're like, well, you're going to need to have three meals and then three shakes per day. So six meals per day for metabolism, metabolism, that's it. And so they, they created this marketing campaign around metabolic, like metabolic furnaces or whatever. I don't, that's not even a real thing, but like, that's no. you, you hear this repeated over and over and over again, but it's just a genius marketing campaign created by a supplement company that's created this generation of people who believe eating more is better when in reality, you're on the right track. Two meals per day is way, way better for health for because not eating is probably one of the healthiest things you can do. Your body shifts into a thing called autophagy, which mm-hmm. is where it cleans out broken and damaged cells and gives your body a chance to actually rest and recover. You can't really recover when you're eating. Just like when you're in the gym, you're you're working out, you're not building muscle, you're breaking them down. You need the recovery time. So you need the recovery time from training. You need the recovery time from eating. And you can't do that if you're eating six meals per day. Well, here's the coolest thing too about eating two meals a day, especially since we didn't go low carb. We went no sugar. We did the bright line eating, if you know. Um, but we haven't been a hundred percent, you know, follow all the rules exactly. It's we cut out sugar and flour products. I love um, that because it's so binary. Like, can I eat it? I don't know. Does it have sugar or flour in it? 
Yes. No, that you can't eat it. Yeah. Like, if the sugar is simple. in the first five ingredients. We, we literally removed a thousand dollars worth of food from our, from our house and gave it away to friends. Um, so it was so it <laughs> would be a temptation. Crap. It's like, yeah. So, but the, the thing about it is, is with the, with the bright line eating or, or well, the way we're doing it, those two meals are huge. Yeah. Awesome. It's huge. My stomach is full and I'm not hungry until 8 PM when I have my second meal. And then I'm not hungry until noon the next day I'm satiated and I don't want the desserts. I don't want anything because I'm content. I'm getting all the, all the vitamins and, and everything that I need, all the protein and, and all the vegetables. So my body is, is, receiving what it needs. And because of that, it's just going to the, the weight and the composition that it's meant to be at. Yeah. I like that. I've done, I've done two meals a day. I've done three meals a day. I've done one meal a day. That was tough to get enough calories. And I would just sit and eat like a big mixing bowl full of foods. That wasn't really sustainable for me, but I, I think that eating less is oftentimes better. And I liked how you have it just like, just the, like the really static rules in place. I think that for a lot of us is really helpful. Like, like I said, not a huge fan. I don't push people towards keto, but I get why it's effective for people. If, if you eat a couple of grapes, which leads you to eat a cupcake, which leads you to eat a whole pan of, of cookies, probably leave the grapes off, right? If you're an all or nothing type of person, that can be a great option. Similar with fasting. I love a 24 hour fast. That's one of the, that's one of, that's my weekly investment. So I have the seven daily investments and one weekly investment is a 24 hour fast. We just give your body a break from food. So I think there's a couple of things that come from that. Number one, mental toughness, you know, being like, I'm not eating right now. It's like, it's challenging in today's society, especially if you do it on a weekend. It also reinforces like, how much time do you spend thinking about food on a regular basis? Take 24 hours off. And you're like, wow, I have a lot of free time right now. I'm not cooking that, I'm not cooking, not eating. Secondly, well, in, in, a, in a business sense, because, you know, for business and entrepreneurs, it's amazing how much events are around food, whether, whether it's coffees or snacks or cakes or, or donuts or lunches and dinners. And I don't know how many times in the last couple of weeks when I was at different work events and they're like, all right, now we're going to eat. I'm like, that's okay. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm on a special diet, <laughs> but, but really it's just there. Eat the, the meal is nothing that I would eat anymore. It, and so to be polite, I, Oh, I'm on a special diet. I think I like that. I like that distinction. Cause I, I would say for a while, like people would be like, Hey, you want this? And I'd be like, no, I don't eat that. It gives me a headache. And I was a little bit aggressive about it, but I like that. I'm on a special diet. I'm not special. Diet. Not, I don't eat that crap you're having, but also like, you know, it's easier to serve a bunch of people a pizza than it is to make like a bunch of chicken thighs or a steak, you know, like it's just convenient. Also, like another reason why I think that, you know, people who are so hardcore, like there's a lot of fitness, like robots out there. I used to be a fitness, <laughs> a little bit more of a fitness robot where I was like, food is fuel. If you don't see that you're out of your mind, you know, but like food is also a community. It's culture. Food is love. You ever show up at like a Hispanic person's house and you don't eat their food and be like, what? You don't like me. You don't like my family. you like, you know, like you, that's not a, that's not a, like a. You eat what's on your make. plate. You eat right. what you're given. Yeah. Grandma's going to, grandma's bringing over seconds because, you know, she knows you're looking a little skinny, you know, like 
food is a lot of like those societal implications as well. So I love what you said about no flour, no sugar. Those are easy rules to follow. They give you a framework, which is I'm all about frameworks. That's the million dollar body is, is a, is a framework book. So it's like hey, in the morning, you have a protein, you have a fat. And at lunchtime, you have a, a protein, you have a vegetable for dinner. You have your proteins, your carbs, and your vegetables. So like you just follow this framework. You eat, you eat out, you eat at a buffet, you go to a picnic, you can follow the framework. It makes life so much easier where you just slide in your favorite foods where they belong. You're like, well, what about, I would, I love eating. I love eating dessert. You're like, great. That's a carb. You throw that in at night. You remove the potatoes. You have your, your pie. Do that a couple once a, one night a week. Now you get your, you get your cake and you get to eat it too. The framework works. That is so much better than a diet. Well, and the reason that I that my wife and I did it this way with the framework, but but rather than doing the full 100% bright line eating rules, it's because we know ourselves. So we we elected right at the beginning to be like, look, we're going to follow these rules, but we're also going to give ourselves grace. So so when I when I eat my like tonight I had um, some sausages with uh, Brussels sprouts and French fries. Um, when I when I eat that, guess what? The barbecue sauce that I have here has sugar in it. Okay, I can't get the the sugar free stuff here in Norway, so I accept that I want to have barbecue sauce with my barbecued hot dog, you know, sausage, I'm giving myself grace. It's okay to have that little bit. And it prevents you from, from feeling, Oh, I screwed up. And now I've, I, I, I'm, I'm done. I can't follow the rules. Diet starts Monday. Yep. So that way, that way my wife and I have been able to maintain it because we're not Nazis about it. We're, we give ourselves grace to, to be able to, here and there have have something outside of the lifestyle but again because we because food is a cultural thing too sometimes we are in places where well we just need to accept what's being served because it's culturally appropriate to do so and then we don't beat ourselves up for oh well now i now i'm i'm done I, i'm going back to eating the old way no I think that like that the a one skill, if I could impart one skill to people, it wouldn't be following a framework. It wouldn't be identifying organic versus non-organic, you know, wouldn't be like enjoying salads. It would be how fast can you resume the baseline eating, your healthy eating after eating something off, off plan, right? I, I hate the word cheat meals. I, I, I don't, you don't want to cheat on your spouse, right? Why cheat on your diet? Like that doesn't sound good to me. It feels, yeah, it feels yucky. Um, I say words like yucky and bonk now because I have two year, I have a four-year-old. So we say all kinds of silly words. Um, <laughs> but I had four if you kids, could, not, no problem. I, I <laughs> but I think that if you can, if you can go like, oh man, I really screwed up yesterday. I had five white claws at a at Memorial day barbecue. All right. I'm back to it though. I'm back on my normal thing. I'm not going to go do a thousand burpees to, as punishment. I'm not going to do it like a, I'm not going to only eat celery juice because that's all I like. I had the calories like, no, I'm just back to my normal. It was no big deal. I'm, I'm ba- like, gave myself some grace, had an allowance for that. Like, I'm not stressed about it. I'm back to the, I'm back to the basics. I don't have to wait for a specific day or time or the stars to align to get back. Exactly. To you have a baseline, you have what you do. And then as long as you're 
um, deviations are not daily, you know, as long as, you know, once every few weeks, I mean, I mean, the only time I really have my deviations are if I'm at a work event or I'm traveling on the airplane and that chocolate mousse looks really good and I haven't had chocolate mousse in six months. Okay. I'm going to have the chocolate mousse and not care about it. Why? Because I'm not having chocolate mousse any other time for the next six months. So it's giving ourselves that grace. That's, that's my phrase that I like to use because it's something that people can understand that it's not, like you said, it's not beating yourself up. It's not punishing yourself. It, you just go back to baseline immediately. You had an, you had an off day or an off event. Okay. You immediately go back to baseline. I wish we could teach people that. And you can, they just have to be willing to recognize in themselves that they can do it. That's the hardest part. You out there listening, you can do this. You just have to believe that you can do it. I, I go one step further that like, if you are, if you're committed to the process, you are already guaranteed to do, to do this. Like you cannot lose if you don't quit. No, I was at a, I was at a nutrition conference the other day and I love what the guy said. He was making a pitch, right. For his program, 10 K program for business owners, right. Expensive. And he's like, listen, this isn't going to solve all your problems. This isn't going to make you doing a million dollars a month. He's like, but if a million dollars a month is your goal, this is going to be the next step for you. And if you take enough of these steps in the right direction, you're going to reach your goal. Same with your fitness, and but even more so because your fitness is so in, internal and so in, like like individual that if you are on this path and you're like, I see what I want, whether that's I want to have a six pack or I want to re- like eliminate my type two diabetes, and you take that step forward, and you take another step forward, and you take a step back, and you take another step forward, and you take another step forward, you take a step back. If you do not quit, if you keep moving forward, if you put one foot in front of the other, whether it's whether that's trying a new diet or going back to the gym or just getting out and walking, you are going to be successful. You are, your victory is already assured. Absolutely. You don't quit. You just keep moving forward. And why we as humans think that it's okay to quit. I don't understand, but it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. As soon as we, as soon as we make that decision, we're guaranteed to win whether it's two days from now or 10 years from now, if you make a goal and continue going after it one step at a time, you're, you will get there. And there was, there was something that I thought of while you were talking and it has to do with the, the taking the steps forward and taking the steps back. And that is that each of us, Each of us has the innate ability inside of us to accomplish whatever we want. Setting the the key things to do that are, one, decide on what you want. Make a goal. Two, decide that you want, that you're going to do it. Three, take the first step. So really, the key words there are decide. Decide what you want, decide you will do it, and then then take the first step. 
usually people falter on the deciding they're going to do it or taking the first step. And then taking each succeeding step after that. The reason my wife and I did bright line eating, um, chose that, is because it was a red line in the sand. So that when we made the decision, it wasn't a, oh, yeah, we're going to, today we're going to cut this, tomorrow we're going to cut that. It was, we're not doing sugar and flour, period. And there was a line in the sand. We weren't going to go back. A decision, a hard decision. That's what people need to, to learn to do is make that hard decision and then not go back on it. Keep their word. I mean, I think that like kind of just in this discussion talking about, I, I think there's three main things that kind of came up. Number one is, do you have the self-confidence that comes from making a lot of little decisions and following through on what you said? Number two, um, like, do you have like the, the ability to make a decision and then pursue that relentlessly? And then number three is when you fall off and you inevitably will, whatever it is, how fast can you get back to your baseline? How fast can you get back to that, the path? And I think that like beyond anything that we could talk about today, Todd, whether it's like sugar or alcohol or proteins or fats or keto or whatever else, if you can't master those three skills, nothing else is going to really matter. You know, you could pick up my book, you could go any other fasting book, you do whatever you want to, but until you master the, the, those internal skills, that's that self-mastery, that self-control, none of this is going to matter. And you're not going to have what you want, but kind of what we were saying earlier, like wherever you go, there you are. Like, you're not going to have what you want if you don't, if you don't show up in those ways. So I think that a lot of times, like I talk a ton about protein shakes and weightlifting and hip thrusts and bench press and stuff like that. But without, without the baseline skills of the follow through and, and return to return to your baseline, you like, those things are just frivolous. Follow through and return to the baseline are the two most important skills that you can give yourself. They're they're the two most important gifts that you can give yourself and your family. And your family, because it doesn't matter which diet or lifestyle change or exercise plan that you get on. The key is deciding what you want your life to look like, designing that life, and then just getting on the path to it and rebounding when you when you fall. Every but- diet is out there because it works in some form or fashion. There we we could we could talk about all the different, you know, this one or that one or but in in the end, what works is what works for you as long as you can stick to it and do it daily. And if you t- if you title this episode follow how to follow through and return to your baseline, you're gonna get zero downloads. So it's also like the not sexy topic, right? Where like it'd be like, do you want to learn how to burn? four pounds of belly fat in six minutes, you know, like that's going to get a lot more clicks than <laughs> this really important topic. Right. Oh, uh, we'll, we'll name We'll name it something like that. Seven steps to seven steps to fat loss. The seven steps to very sexy abs. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be like, when are the steps coming? That, well, they're, that's, you know, that's at the very why... end. I'll just run through them real quick. <laughs> 
be like the, it'll be like this, the, uh, the symptoms that you get from prescription medication. I'll be that guy in the band. Heart attack, disease, and You know, on a, on a totally non-serious note, um, I want to look like Tom Cruise when I'm his age, as far as the, the body, you know, goals for when I turn 59. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, he's 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 kept it he's kept it very fit for decades. Yes. And probably is because of all the different activities that he does. I don't think he sits around watching TV and eating all day. I think you're probably right about that. He seems like a busy guy. He does. So like Tom Cruise or Tom Cruise reminds me of like like Tom Brady. A lot of people talk about the Tom Brady diet, right? You know, like, oh Tom Brady, he doesn't eat tomatoes. Should I not eat tomatoes? And I'm like, no. That's not the reason he's not, he's successful. It's not because of this one specific diet he does, but it's because he's hyper-focused on his performance in every aspect. He's already like, you haven't even stopped eating fast food yet. Tom Brady hasn't had a burger in like 12 years. You know what I mean? Like there's so like niche down that we, we like, we look at like, oh, what is he doing? What's he, what supplement is he taking? Not realizing all the stuff he's cut out over the years and all the things he's tried and all the big rocks he has in place. So I think looking like Tom, Tom Cruise though, is a fabulous goal. We got to get some, well, he and I are about you. the same height. It, 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 I, I think my wife would be fine with that. You think so? You should, you don't want to run a buyer. Yeah. She just watched top gun last night and uh, the new she one, was, she was thoroughly impressed. So everyone's been saying it's pretty good. I'm, I'm kind of oh, excited awesome. to check it out. Absolutely. One of the best films ever. Whoa. High praise. It, well, it took the original, m- made you reminisce about it, and then up the ante. Okay. All right. And and you saw character arc and everything. It was the way sequels should be made, and all oh. the flying went, and all the flying in it was pretty much real. Yeah. So, and you and you would be a you'd be expert on that. So I'm glad yes. I'm glad it passes muster. It does pass muster, and it made me. I, I was texting my family afterwards saying, I need an aerobatic airplane. <laughs> I have to have one now. I just have to. I, it's it's a well, need, look not like a want. Tom Cruise. It's a need, not a want. Correct. So Correct. One foot in front of the other. You got it, Todd. Set that right. goal every day. <laughs> hey, well, <laughs> Nate, thank you for coming on today. If somebody wants to reach you, if someone wants to get your book, I know you have a program, a free uh, free download for people. Um, which will be in yeah, the so show if you, notes. If you want to catch the book, I just go to getnatesbook.com. I'll send you a free, I'll send you a, either a Kindle or a PDF version, whatever you want. Um, you check me out on the low carb hustle podcast. If you want more nutrition, just general tomfoolery. I take I take this stuff very not seriously because it's fitness. We're having fun. Um, and then if you ever want to just jump on a quick call with me, run like one issue past me, you get a little, like a little, like honed in, um, we do a, a free nutrition audit. So kind of like a hot seat coaching sessions, like 15, 20 minutes. And you just go to free and we can chat face to face by chat. I mean, yell. I will yell. I'll spend a lot of time yelling. Well, you know, that happens. <laughs> happens a lot around me. Seems, seems to, well, people need it. People need to be yelled at, you know, after going through basic training twice, once as enlisted and once as an officer, if you, people need to be yelled at sometimes to improve. I think you're right. I need, I need someone in my daughter's life like that. She is just a, she's a spitfire. She's a savage. 
She's the best. And she's also crazy. And I thought I was always gonna be like the strict parent, like toe the line boot camp drill instructor. But I was like, no, that's not my role. I'm just gonna be dad. I need her to get a hardcore coach in her life though. That like, that is only gonna be good for, for her mom and I. <laughs> now, how old is she? She'll be four in two weeks. Put her in gymnastics. There you that's go. Good, that's a good call. I was gonna do gymnastics or jujitsu. Ju- I, I was a girls gymnastics coach for several years. And- All right. It's it's great for growing up uh, little girls, and it gets yeah. them strong too. So yeah, she loves being strong. It's her favorite. So <laughs> all right, thank you for being on the show. All of these things will be in the show notes. I will send you the, uh, the episode links uh, once it posts. This is Todd Talks, where I help you design your best life. Tonight we had Nate Palmer on with us, and. I hope you enjoyed it. It was a good time. Lots of information was shared. Take the time for yourself. Decide, follow through, rebound. And as I always like to say, have a blessed day.